This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a show where we discuss how to navigate the highs and lows of the human condition. Each week, we address a new topic, and we see that there are two choices we can make. We can lower the bar, go with the flow, and react to what the world throws at us, or we can be proactive, deciding in advance how we want to live, and in essence, rise above the human condition. We hope the discussion today is just what you need for the week ahead. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It is great having you here. Um, We are in the middle of a series called Transcendent Parenting. So for those of you following along, this is week seven you're doing well. Uh, For those of you just joining, um, here's where we've been so far. So week one was called First Things First. We talked about having a strong marriage. Uh, Week two, parenting isn't optional. Uh, We just spent some time talking about parenting and how it is a very high calling. Week three, parenting through the stages. So we looked at some of the developmental stages and what it means to parent through those stages. Week four, parenting plan of attack. Um, We talked about being proactive versus reactive in the way that we parent. Week five, we uh, asked you to sell your helicopter. So what life could be like if you uh, stopped being a helicopter parent. And then last week, we talked about making memories, um, how turning negative events um, in the past into basically memories that you'll laugh about later on. But today, we're talking prep for launch. So what it looks like to send your kids out there into the big bad world, well prepared. As always, Tammy's with us. So welcome back to the show. It's always good to be here. Good to know. (laughs) (laughs) You hope at least, right? So that's a good question. How has your podcast experience been so far? It's been good. It's fun. I've really enjoyed it. I love talking about parenting. It's one of my absolute favorite things um, that we get to do. So I love being a mom. I always say it's the best job in the world and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, good. And like we said before, I think we talked about this last week. um, I've got some more topics that I'm thinking about having you come back on the show to talk through anyway. So that'll be fun. There you go. You're not getting rid of me. Nope, not at all. (laughs) All right, so where are we at? Uh, Today's topic, prep for launch. Um, And minute of parenting transparency. So I thought a fun question would be for us to kind of talk through what our parents did to prep us for launch or if they did anything, Hmm. I guess. So what do you think? Were, Were you prepped for launch? I think so. Like when I think back, I mean, there's definitely things I wasn't taught for sure. Like when I think back about it um, and some things that would have been really helpful to probably be taught. But like one of the distinct memories I have is so my brother and I are nine years apart. Um, So he Daryl always likes to call me an only child. I mean, I'm the only one between my biological mom and dad, but uh, I always go back and forth with, no, I'm the oldest. He's like, no, you're really an only. But anyways, that's besides the point. Different topic. Um, So I can remember as my brother was like getting ready, right, to like prep for launch and me being so frustrated with my mom because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, 
you're still doing that for him? Like what the heck? I can always remember saying like, you would have never done that for me at this age. Like you would not be checking my suitcase to make sure I had all the right things to go on a trip. Are you kidding me? Like you wouldn't be doing this or doing that. So, and her and I like going back and forth and kind of laughing and joking about it, but me being so irritated because I think at that point I kind of looked at it. It's kind of like a fairness thing or a like, why are you treating him so babyish? Like when you didn't do those, like you, you, and I think it goes back to like, she had prepped me for launch, right? Like that was her way of like, no, you're going to do these things on your own. I'm not responsible for it anymore. Like that's all on you now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think I would say for, I mean, a lot of the basics being able to live on my own. I went to college at 18 and I don't remember there being anything there that was like, oh, like this is really like, I didn't know how to do this. Um, Again, like there was some things like budgeting, I probably was never really taught and that would have probably been really helpful. Um, So, but yeah, I would say overall, I feel like I was prepped to be able to leave my house, go out, live on my own um, and do things relatively well. Still learning lessons along the way for sure, but I wasn't sitting in my college dorm being like, oh my gosh, I don't have any clue what to do, you know? Right, right. But I also think college kind of forces that too. Yeah. Like, right? Like leaving the house and living on your own, the things you didn't learn, you're going to have to learn really fast. And it's kind of an interesting, like safe environment to learn it because you still have a lot of support. I mean, technically your parents are still like kind of responsible for you. Mm -hmm. There there are people at the school whose job it is to kind of, you know, help you and and things like that too. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I look back, I mean, my my transition from home out into the world was a lot different. Yeah. So it it's really hard to think back and, and try to decide, did my parents really prep me for lunch? Or because uh, I really left home at 16 or 15 and a half or something like that to go away to boarding school. And so junior and senior year in high school and even the summer before junior year, I, I was kind of living on my own in a dormitory. Mm-hmm. So you had, you know, you have a dean who's technically in charge of the whole dormitory. <clears throat> and, um, but I mean, it's like you're living in your own apartment mm-hmm. and there's a cafeteria. So obviously there's food for you, um, things like that. But it, it was kind of like a step away from being at home and having to kind of learn very quickly how to, to be on your own, make good decisions, all that kind of stuff. So... But I think like you, I would definitely say that budgeting, like how to how to spend money, how to save money, um, you know, the importance of just deeper financial things like mm-hmm. 401ks and, um, you know, Roth IRAs and things, things about saving money for retirement, like that was never really a conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I agree. Um, I think that would have been helpful. Um, my dad worked on cars, but I never really hung out with him and did it with him. So I like, I've never been a huge work on my car kind of a guy. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I can also see where that would have been helpful Mm -hmm. too. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I guess our parents weren't perfect, but you know, they did a good job, right? (laughs) Well, it is, it's funny. Like when you think back, because there is no prescribed way to prep someone for launch. right? Right. So you look back and it's like, you can definitely see areas where your parents didn't do so well, but mm-hmm. then other areas where it's like, it's almost like they either overcompensated or they were just super interested in a different area. And so right. you really got prepped for launching this other area. Yeah. I mean, think about a, a, a family whose 
let's say the, the dad is like a, a chef at a famous restaurant. I mean, are you really going to grow up and not know how to cook if right. your dad's a famous chef? Yeah. Probably not. Right. You know, so there's things like that. And, and for me, living in Wyoming, I mean, my dad let me drive when I was 10 years old. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I was prepped for driving <laughs> six years before I was even supposed to right. legally be in a car. So right. there's just weird things like that where some things you learn, some things you don't. Yeah. So, And I think we're going to talk about it later in the podcast. But, I mean, ultimately, I think the best way our parents prepped us to launch is like they – we're good humans, right? Like, sure, we Mm -hmm. make mistakes and we've done things we're not proud of along the way, of course. But ultimately, you know, they raised kids, you know, who care about other people and who know how to be in relationship and, you know, have good morals and values. And so, I mean, those are the things you really hope your kids leave the house with, right? And then the other things are all great bonus things and things we should teach for sure. But, you know... (laughs) They did do a good job. So. Yeah. All right. So like we said, today's topic is prep for launch. And we're going to walk through three things. First, laying a solid foundation. Second, teaching them the basics. And then three, they launch, you stay. So number one, lay a solid foundation. Uh, this episode is going to try and address two pretty distinct realities. So the first is that you will never teach your kids everything they need to know before they leave. Um, But number two, you can and should lay a solid foundation that will help them to launch with confidence. So you'll never teach them everything, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't teach them anything. Thoughts? Yeah, this is a pretty big, uh, I don't know, this episode uh, is like, I I can't find the right word, is important or I guess I'm passionate would be a better word to me. I'm passionate about Part of it, I think, is because we have launched two kids, but I think the other piece of it is because I've seen way too many kids um, that haven't been prepped for launch Um, or parents who really, really struggle. And I'm not saying that we don't struggle and that, you know, I haven't cried and been sad when my kids have left. but I'm super passionate about making sure they leave our house and they can be well-functioning adults, knowing that it's okay to make mistakes and actually failing in things while they're with us um, mm-hmm. so that we can help them walk through those things and teach them that they can get back up and that it's okay, you can start again and failure's not a horrible thing. It actually is a good thing sometimes. Um, but letting go is hard. Like it's, you know, uh, when you've had a kid under rain for so long and you've been in control and you know, everything that they're doing every moment of every day and they're under your thumb. And then all of a sudden, it feels like all of a sudden one day, like they're just not there and you're trusting them to the world and the world doesn't love them like I love them and (laughs) isn't going to take care of them how I take care of them. But ultimately like, I always say we're raising adults. Like that's what we're doing. We're not, we're not raising kids. Like we're raising adults. So everything we should be doing from the moment they really come out of the womb is you're looking forward. Like, you know, you're, you're not hoping away the days, wishing away the days when they're little, but you're always looking at like, what do I want this kid to be? what type of human do I want this person to be when they leave my house? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's um, looking, looking down the road rather than just saying, what do I have to do today to keep them from dying? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. that's too focused on today. Like yeah. you have to think big picture. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is not always an easy topic. And I think to be honest, it's a topic I see 
a lot of parents struggle with. Um, and again, I, I, we have not gotten it right all along for sure. And the other thing is we've had people ahead of us and that has been so helpful. You guys, like I'm a big proponent of having people ahead of you a little bit in the game. Yeah, mentors. Yeah. Yeah. People who are just a couple of years ahead of you in the parenting journey to go to them and be like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. What did you do here? What did you do there? And some things you'll take and you'll use and other things you'll be like, that's just not going to work for our family. And that's great. You know, um, you have to make those own decisions for your own situation in your own family, but it's so helpful to just have those people around you that have walked the, walked that path before you. So, yeah. yeah. So there are literally thousands of things <laughs> we could talk about, right? Things that you could instill into your kids, things you could, um, you know, teach them in order to prep them for lunch, stuff like that. But, um, we're just going to throw out two, three, four of these things, um, as just kind of high level, like these are just foundational, right? If you can just instill some of these things in your kids, then you're sending them off in a, in a really good direction. Um, and so I think you even alluded to this when you said that, you know, the way our parents prepped us for launch, they taught us to be good people, mm -hmm. right? At the end of the day, be a good person. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of one of the things um, that we've instilled in our family here is you can call it the golden rule. You can call it, you know, putting others before yourself, things like that. But I mean, the golden rule ultimately is doing to others what you would have them doing to you. Right. So it's, it's kind of a worldly concept. Um, you can kind of get it out of the Bible, but it's not in the Bible word for word. I mean, it's just the, the, the whole concept of, um, putting others before yourself, um, and thinking, being, putting yourself in their shoes, that, that sort of thing. So at the end of the day, like really what we're trying to instill in our kids is that they would view other people as equally important. Um, not, you know, choosing not to view yourself as better than other people, treating other people with respect. Um, basically before doing something, um, thinking it through, thinking how it's going to affect other people, what, what's the ripple effect and um, wanting it to be a positive one. Um, the way that you treat the environment right? It's important as it impacts other people. Um, do I want other people throwing all their trash all over the place, right? Uh, then why would I throw my trash all over the place? Things like that. So just, just being aware and, and treating other people uh, the way you would want to be treated. So that's one of the big foundational pieces. Another is, um, and this is probably more on me. I don't know if you have always kind of had the same view on learning, but um, I've always been a huge proponent of lifelong learning. And that's something I think I, I don't think I really understood what it even meant until I um, was in my master's program. And the teachers were basically telling us, you know, we have you for a year and a half, maybe two years during this master's program, and we are not going to teach you half of what you need to know to be a good clinician. And so they spent a lot of their time going over harping on this concept of becoming a lifelong learner that once you leave our doors, you're going to keep learning, you're going to keep reading, you're going to keep, you know, you're going to keep buying books, and you're going to be watching YouTube videos or whatever, you're going to keep growing as you go, um, and maturing and becoming a more competent person throughout your entire life. And so that's kind of the one of the concepts that we've instilled in our kids is this fascination with learning, with doing new things, um, you know, teaching yourself new skills and really encouraging them when they, when they find something that they really are interested in to really get behind them and really 
say that's awesome. You know, I love that you're into this thing. Uh, I think one example of that would just be Rachel and her fascination with with pets and with turtles and and things like that. You know, I personally probably wouldn't buy a turtle. What it, it is what it is? No, I, I don't. I, don't <laughs> I'm not, I was never a fan of fish, and we had fish as I was a kid growing up too. And I just, I mean, it's to me, it's like it's not a pet if you can't just have it sit on your lap and watch TV. You know what I mean? Right, but we can't have yeah. those kinds of pets. I know. That's true. <laughs> but again, it's it was just fascinating to watch her, mm-hmm. you know, as she as she researched them and she just she was so excited and she was just interested in learning more about yeah. turtles and um so yeah, it's little things like that where um you just really instill that in them um because it's something that they should take with them through school, but then even out of school, like they should spend their, the rest of their lives learning new things. And then the, the next one's kind of a little less about things we're instilling in them. And it's a little bit more about um, our behavior kind of as, as we see our kids get closer and closer to 18, like what changes in us. Mm-hmm. So we kind of call this section moving from parenting to coaching them. Um, and, this is something that I think I first heard, um, through Andy Stanley. Um, and when him, he did, I think a series on parenting, I think you haven't hit, um, it's called parent unscripted part one, the four stages of parenting, I think was a sermon series he did or whatever. Um, but you know, he just spent some kind time kind of talking about this topic and I don't know, this just, it really resonated with me. And is I think one of those things we were doing instinctively, but it just, I hadn't really put words to it necessarily as, um, so this is what we were doing, but you know, you kind of take it back to when you think about your kids, um, playing a sport or if they're not a sports person, they're a band person, or they're a drama, a theater person, or, you know, something like that. And, you know, it starts when they're first learning that you're out on the field with them and you're teaching them and you're coaching them and you're, you know, but you're, you're in there. Like, I mean, I remember back when Tyler was first learning to play soccer and even first learning, learning to play hockey, like the coaches were actually out on the field during the games. Right. And we're directing and guiding and like, now we're going to go do this and nope, turn around, turn around. The ball's going the other direction. Like you're Mm -hmm. out there And you eventually move from that to where you get to the point that you're on the sidelines and you're coaching. And really a good coach is somebody who doesn't stand on the sidelines and scream the plays over and over and over and yell at the kids when they make a mistake. A good coach has given them all the skills, all the knowledge, has taught them all the things they need to know during practice, right? That's why you practice. That's why you meet together three or four times a week and you run through the things and you remind and you show and you guide. And then when it becomes game time and they've reached that certain point, that age, you stand on the sidelines and you watch. And you watch them do their formations and you watch how they complete that skill or how they don't. And you watch how they talk to the other team and you watch all of those things that you've taught along the way. You watch and you give some guidance and you remind, right? You pull them at halftime and be like, okay, you now do we understand why that didn't work? It didn't work because you didn't stay in formation or it didn't work because this team is doing a different formation, you know? And And you go through all of those things or in drama, like, right, they practice and they practice and they practice. And then when it's ready to go on stage, you don't have you don't have the director walk on stage and stop it in the middle. Right. Like 
They've given you what you need to know and then they just let it happen. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's great. Other times it's not so great. Um, but that's like what a, that's what a good coach does, you know, is they watch and then they go in and they um, remind and they give some more skills, but then they stand back on the sidelines and, um, they continue to do the same thing. And I believe that it's the same with parenting. Um, that as your kids get closer to leaving home, your tactics have to change. They're, you're not going to college with them. You're not moving into their first apartment with them. Like you're just, you're not like you've now taken a different role and you're standing on the sidelines and you've watched, you're watching all of the things that you've taught them and that you've done and that you've showed them. And you're letting them do those skills. You're letting them, you're watching that play out in front of you. And sometimes you're yanking them off the field and you're saying like, Hey, that that just happened isn't okay. Like that's not, it's not what we taught you. That's not how you're, it's supposed to work. That's not how you act. That's not how you treat other people. And you remind and you guide, but you send them back out. You don't keep them, right? You don't, you know, sit them out for the rest of their lives and be like, well, you didn't learn it. Now you're done. Like too bad for you, you know? Um, so, and really the goal of that, right. Is like one of the goals for Daryl and I is like, I want to raise kids like so we kind of say two things like we want to raise kids who want to be around us when they leave and who want to be around each other when they leave. Like they they don't have to like when they leave the house, they're, you know, and they're out living their own life and like they're out of college and doing their thing like they don't have to come back home. There's nothing that's going to make them walk back in the door if they don't want to. But we like we want kids like our goal has been. Like we want kids who want to come back. Like they're like, yeah, I want to go see mom and dad. Like I want to hang out for a little bit. They don't necessarily need to live with us, but like, you know, I want to hang out. And like, we want, we want our kids to want to be with each other. Like it's something that they crave that time together. And we've kind of already seen that happen with them. Like they'll go do breakfast on their own without us, you know, um, mm -hmm. actually as we're recording this right now, like one of them, two of them, one of them drove up to Malibu today to see, um, our, the other one, you know, and Nobody made her do that. Like, it was just like, yeah, I want to see her. I miss her. She's been gone for a week. Like, I want to spend some time with my sister, you know? Um, so so that's kind of the end goal. That's our long goal. Like, that's our long game in that. And so, so like, how, how do you do that, right? Like, what are the steps? How do you get there? Because it seems really easy. Um, and any coach, any director, any art person would tell you, right? Like, it's not easy. It takes time and it takes patience and it takes reminding and it takes showing and it, it takes going through it over and over and over again, but you can eventually get there. So here's just some of the ways um, that we feel like you, you can get there, that it can actually happen. So instead of telling them what to do, um, it becomes important for them to see you do the same things, right? Like you guys, they're watching, like, I think we talked about this a little bit before, but they're watching when they're little all the time. They're constantly watching. They're constantly listening. Don't think that goes away when they when they become teenagers. Like they're still watching. They're still listening to how you treat them, how you treat each other, like how you treat your spouse um, or you treat your significant other. Or if you're a single parent, how you treat your family members, how you treat the significant people in your life, right? They're watching that. Um, they're watching how you treat your other kids if there's more than one. Um so they want you, like, if I'm telling them to do something, darn it, I better be doing, I better be living that same value out, right? Um, so, and one of the things, like, as a parent, we're given influence over them. Um, and the goal is that we give that away to them, that, like, we, like, we hand it over to them, but how quickly we can lose that influence. Like, 
how quickly that influence can just be, um, it can just be gone. And it's not something that we just get, like, it's not something that it, that is there. We have to earn the right to influence them. We have to earn the right in their heads that like, I see what my mom and dad do or what my mom does or what my dad does. Or if you're a grandparent raising a kid, um, or even right, like an adoptive mom or a foster mom or dad, um, with kids in your house, like, they want, they would need, again, it goes back to that alignment that they want to see an alignment between, between what you say, what you say and what you do, how you align with each other, how you align with other people in your life, um, how you live your life. So you tell them, oh, you need to treat people with respect. You need to be kind. You need to be nice. Right. Like we always would tell our kids when they were young, like you don't have to like everybody. I'm not asking you to be best friends with everybody, but you better treat them well. Like you better be kind. You better like we're not going to call people names. We're not going to put people down. Like we're not going to do those things. So we, you can say that all day long, but then how do you act when you get on the phone with the cable company and you're irritated and pissed because your cable bill has done nothing but go up or something is wrong and you get somebody on the other line and you just go off, right? Like you don't have anything kind to say. You're mad, you're irritated, you're mean, you're frustrated. You've got eyes and ears that are watching. And they're like, but wait a minute, didn't you tell me, like, didn't you tell me to be kind? And didn't you tell me to be, treat people with respect? But that's not what you're doing. Um, and that's hard. Like it, we're not all perfect. Right. And, um, sometimes we screw that up, but like, we have to be cognizant of that. We have to be cognizant of how we treat their friends, parents, even when we don't agree how we treat their friends. Um, like how we treat our own family members, people that we don't necessarily care for or that don't believe the same things that we do. Um, but like that they're watching and they're paying attention. I mean, our kids will still say, I mean, so they're 20, 19 and almost 17. Um, you know, they'll say to me, like, they'll talk about hypocrisy and about how they'll listen to somebody say something, you know, and it's all this like, oh, you need to be this way. And they're, they're talking about Jesus or they're talking about Christianity, especially bothers them with Christianity, which I understand a hundred percent. So they'll see somebody talk about that, but they know who they are behind closed doors. And they're like, I don't like, I don't want to listen to that because I know who you really are. I, I know how you've acted. I've watched how you treated your kids or how you actually treated me the way that you talked to me before. And now you're going to stand up there and say these things. And it does, it doesn't compute in their brain and it shouldn't, it shouldn't compute. And again, we all make mistakes. We all screw up. So what I would say in that, like, if you if you've, you're having a bad day and you're on the phone with a cable company and you're irritated and mad and frustrated and you act in a way that you shouldn't, like you need to go to your kids and you need to say like, hey, what I just did right there, that wasn't cool. Like I lost my cool. I got mad. I got frustrated. Right. And I shouldn't have acted that way. It's not the other person. It's not the person on the other end of the phone call's fault that my cable bill went up. They're just a, they're doing their job. Like probably making $13 an hour, like, you know, um, and you need to tell them and tell them why that happened and show them that like, they're going to make mistakes and that's okay. But like, we need to go back and how could I have done that better and ask them for their advice and ask them how they can, they can make that a better situation. Um, but yeah, that piece of it, like that alignment piece, if you just like for us, if we keep that in our head is like, we have to be aligned with each other, with them. We have to, and the people around us, like we just, we just do. So it's that whole, again, moving right from parenting to coaching, standing on the sidelines, but they're still watching. They're still, 
they're still paying really close attention to how you live your life. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I still think about Allison and how she the minute she kind of got up in years to, you know, junior, senior year in high school, and we thought that she was just checking out, but she would literally have an earphone in one ear, mm-hmm. and the other ear wide open to just sit and listen. And she didn't miss a thing. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you know, we've had lots, I've had lots of, we've had lots of conversations with our kids about is, you know, I truly believe like other people are more important than I am. Um, and sometimes that's hard, man. Like sometimes that's not the space that I'm in, but like, I always want my kids like, you know, I tell Tyler this all the time. I'm like, dude, you didn't, you didn't ask for this, but you are a white male. You are like, that's just how God designed you. You're a white male. You have influence because you're a white male and you better give that influence away. We might talk about this later on. I don't know, but you better give that influence away every chance you get. Um, you better always be looking out for people who don't have things that you have. Like, it's not about you. It's not about what you want in life and where you're going. Yes, you need to work hard and you need to make the best life possible, but you better be looking out for people who don't have the same opportunities, who didn't grow up the same way as you, um, who their life circumstances are different than yours because you, you're you in a pretty really good spot. And um, I don't ever want you to just be focused on you to be self-centered. And it's all about me and what I want out of life and what I'm going to get out of life. And I'm just going to plow through people because it doesn't matter. Nope, that's that's not the goal. It's not what we're working towards. So, yeah. <clears throat> All right, so those are some higher level things, but let's dive into some a little little more concrete um, ideas, kind of the basics as you think about prepping kids for launch. What are some of the basics that Mm -hmm. uh, we want them to leave home with? So uh, aside from those big buckets that we just talked about, uh, here's a smaller list of just kind of some of the basic things. So the first is uh, for us is spirituality. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what your religious background or spiritual background or worldview is, but for us, you know, being Christian, it was important to us to raise our kids Christian, right? So we, you know, taught them about God and Jesus and Satan and sin and love and all those, all those things. Um, And, you know, church was part of that, going to church, um, getting the kids involved in the the kids ministries and youth ministries throughout the years, Um, you know, having them go on uh, mission trips and just all of those things that come along with, uh, you know, being an active participant in in kind of a church family. And, you know, at the end of the day, basically the, the core concept of uh, what we were going for with our kids is helping them answer three big questions. So the three big questions are, where did I come from? Why am I here? And where do I go when I die? So those are really the three big pieces to kind of raising raising kids with that spiritual uh, background. For some people, you know, if, if you're not part of a religious belief system or you have a, a different worldview, um, you know, there, there would be other things, other things you teach your kids, right? Um, but even just as general as teaching the golden rule, like we talked about, and how we, how we treat each other, how we treat other people in the world, um, that's also important. Ultimately, kind of the thing we're addressing here is the trajectory of our kids' lives, right? Helping them find a worldview or a life strategy um, that they can live from as they move on. 
Yeah. So that's obviously like one of the big things that, you know, is important to us. So, and then, and I've already kind of talked about some of these other things here, but just the emotional and life goals that they have, right. Or that we're trying to teach them. So, uh, we talked already about, we want them to want to be around us and to be around each other in the future. Um, you know, my, our goals as parents was to never have our kids like us. That's, that's not my goal as a parent. Um, I'm not their friend. And I would tell them this sometimes, like as much as it would be really, really nice to be your friend and to that, to be my focus, I can't do that. Like I'm your parent. You got as in trusted me to be your parent. And that means I'm not a friend right now. Hopefully someday I get to be your friend and that's where we're headed. But, um, but so it comes with like, I'm not your friend, I'm your parent. Um, and that, part of that is respect. Like I want them to respect me, but respect isn't just given you guys. Like just because they're your kid doesn't mean they respect you. Um, does that happen for you in life with anybody else? Like do people just because I, um, Daryl's my spouse, does that mean that I respect him? Like it just happened when we got married, like we signed the marriage certificate and now I respect you. Like, no, like you have to earn respect. It has to be something that you earn with them. And it can be taken away. Like, and they, same for them, right. As a parent, like, you know, they do something and it's like, we say to our kids all the time, like, you know, you earn trust, you earn respect and you make a mistake or something happens like that trust is going to go away for a little bit, but you can earn it back. It's not gone forever. I think so many parents out there think that, well, because they're my kid, they just respect me. That's not how life works. And you don't want it. Like most kids, that's not the case. Like when I hear a parent say that, and then I look and I'm like, yeah, that, but that's not really happening that way. Like you're forcing it, but it's not really happening. So, um, yeah, you can't mandate respect. No, just no, doesn't work. No, it's, it's not how life works. So, um, they need to leave home with a sense of control over their own lives. They have to feel like they can do this on their own, that they have the ability. Um, I kind of already said this, but they have to believe they have the power to influence others and the world around them in a significant way. Um, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're all going to find different interests and, uh, different things that, you know, they're passionate about, and that's beautiful and glorious. Um, we all have different passions and that's how it's supposed to be because that's the only way that we change the world is we all have our piece to do. We can't all, we can't do it all. It just, we can't. So I want them to have that. Um, I want them to believe that they have that power. Um, I want them to see the importance in being a, um, a, con a contributor in our society. So they're not just taking all the time, but they're giving, they're actually giving more than they're taking. They're looking for the needs around them and the things that make them passionate. And they're pouring into those things and they're giving of their time and their talent and their treasure to those things. Um, they're just handing that stuff off to make this world uh, a better place. Um, again, we talked about, right, the, the level of privilege because of the house that they've grown up in, the color that they are, the opportunities that they have, the way that they've been educated, um, you know, that gives them an upper hand when we just look in the U.S. Like, but you guys, this world's not just, it's not focused on the U.S. Like the United States of America is a small part of the world around us. And um, that that they have been given, that again, they didn't choose, but they've been given it, um, they need to use that privilege well. They like that I think would be one thing for me that I think that's a hot button issue for me that if I saw one of our kids taking advantage of that and somebody else or not using that privilege well, um, I think I'd have a really hard time with that. And it would have to be a conversation I would have to have because um, I don't know, it's just, it's a really important thing for me. Um, 
and yeah, and again, they have to be willing to leverage that privilege to help those who don't have it. So that's just, they, that's, I don't know. For me, that's just so important. It's just, I don't know. It's just so important. Again, I could go on and on about that, but you all hear, you all know what, how I feel. You can feel it, right? You can feel it, even though you can't see me. Um, so, and then we go from that into basic living and self-sufficiency. So the basics, have you taught your kids how to use a stove and microwave? Or are you just like, still like, no, 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 don't touch it, don't touch it. Like you could burn yourself, right? Uh, or maybe you don't really know how to use it well. So, you know, don't touch it. And there's a time that you definitely say that, but as they grow, as they get older, they need to know how to do those things. Uh, I still remember one of our kids FaceTiming us because they couldn't open, a, they couldn't use a can opener. And I was like, I have failed as a parent. How does my kid not know how to use a can opener? Like, and we laughed about it and, you know, <laughs> joked about it. Um, so we haven't done all of these things perfectly correct. Uh, we're, we've definitely learned as we've gone, but you know, they need to know how to clean. Do they, can they keep a house? Can they keep their room clean? And again, is it to the level you want it to be? It may not be. Is that okay? Yep, it is. We're all different people. We all have different levels of like what's okay to us. I mean, our oldest is a perfect example of this. Like her life is put together, like her school, her work, whatever it is that she's doing, like is put together to the nth degree. Like it is scheduled out. It is organized. It is like that stuff for her is super important. Her room, she could care less about. Like it's the last thing on her list, she doesn't care. She doesn't make her bed. She doesn't, it's just not a priority to her. To me, that bothers me. But I just had to learn, you know what? It's not about me. Does she know how to make her bed? Yep, she knows how to make her bed. Does she know how to clean her room? Yep, she does. She can do it when she really wants to. Can she clean her bathroom? Yep, she can do it when she really wants to. But at this point, I don't care anymore. Like, that's your room. It's your bathroom. I'm not in it. I don't take a shower in there. It doesn't matter. Like, you keep it at the level you want to keep it at, which you're comfortable with. Um, yeah, some of these, some of these things. It's kind of interesting that it's it's not like I think when I think of prep for launch, I'm thinking like you know sophomore, junior, senior year. Like that's when you're kind of ramping up all of these things and you're really teaching them, you know, all of these things before they leave the house. But really, uh, it's interesting. A lot of these things are probably things they learn more as kids or junior high even. Mm -hmm. Like these are things you teach them just along the way, like you see them trying to clean off a, a countertop and it's like, okay, well, here's the rag you use and here's the, here's the chemicals or whatever, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so that you, they learn these things along the way. And then, like you said, you know, when they get to be 16, 17, 18, they, they know how to do it, whether they do it or not is a whole different story. <laughs> um, and that's, that's a whole episode we could have done called, is it a hill to die on or something yeah, like that? Right. Absolutely. Is this a mountain you want to die on yeah. kind of a thing? So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so laundry, like they should be able to do laundry by themselves. Right. It's not like one day, like Daryl said, it's not one day you just turn it over and you're like, here you go. Like you show them, you teach them, you do some of it, they do some of it, you know, all that kind of stuff, but they need to be able to know how to do their laundry when they leave the house. Um, this is something we hand over like in the teenage years, we just hand it over and we're like, it's yours. Like whenever you do it, just don't do it on the day I do laundry. I don't care. Otherwise do it once every three weeks, whatever works for you. Like, so, um, the car understanding the basics, how do you put gas in a car? Like, um, how do you know when your tires are low? 
How do you check oil? Um, how do you, and nowadays cars are a lot of newer cars. They'll tell you those things. These kids have it easy. Like, mm. I mean, I literally remember on my cars having to actually check my oil. Like I had to learn how to check my dipstick because the car wouldn't tell you if you were low on oil. And a lot of cars now do that. Like, you know, now my car tells me when my tire pressure is low and which tire it is. So, um, but they may not have a new car like that. Like they may have an older car. Tyler's got a 30 year old car right now that leaks oil. And so we're like, you got to check your oil. Like it's something you need to look at on the regular. You know, what about license and registration? Like you just buy a car and then you just get to drive it. Like, what do you do next? You know, um, insurance. Oh, what's insurance? And why do I have to have that again? And that's stupid. Like, I don't, that's dumb. Why do I have to have insurance? You know, so it's explaining all of those things to them and helping them to understand what that all means. Um, so you guys, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You all know and have other things that, you know, are high priority on your list. And, you know, but those things, you ha you have to be able to hand those things over before they leave your house, not when they leave your house, before they leave your house that you've handed a lot of that stuff over to them. And they're already taking care of it because if they don't do something correctly or right, I believe the first few times it's best to have that happen with us so we can show and we can guide and we can help. So then when it happens, when they're not with us, they know at least to take the first couple steps and they still might need to reach back out and need help. Right. But they know like, you know, well, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do when this happens, you know, before I call mom and dad. So, um, right. Yeah. So just the basic stuff, the bait, how do I basically take care of myself? Yep. And there's really, there's two more things I'm going to touch on. And these really could have just fallen kind of under basic living and self-sufficiency, I guess. But um, we just pull them out because they're pretty, they're pretty significant things. Mm -hmm. So the first is technology. Obviously, you know, these kids have grown up with a level of technology that we didn't have a clue about <laughs> back in, in their, in our day. Um, and our you know. parents didn't have, to, I mean, we didn't watch our yeah. parents do this with us because no. it wasn't there. So we're learning it right as we go. Right. So, so it's, it's even, it's interesting to see like our kids, you know, back when they had iPods before <laughs> iPhones, um, you know, even at, even at that stage, it felt kind of like technology was just starting to blow up. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't all of the social media, they weren't you know, they were just using it for, for music and for movies and stuff like that. So, you know, even just within their own lifetimes, it's just exploded to the point now where, you know, you have uh, all of the social media outlets and platforms and, and how it impacts them. And it's just a whole different world with, with social media, right? How to manage it, how to make sure that you're using it wisely. Um, it, it can literally just be a black hole, right? That just sucks you in and, and, takes hours from you each day if you let it. So, so those are things that, you know, we've, we've kind of had to learn as we've grown too. Um, we've kind of grown with the technology and had to, you know, almost research it ourselves and try to figure out for ourselves what, um, you know, what the pros and cons are and, and how to manage it well. Um, and then teach them the same skills along the way. Anything I mean, you would add to technology? Yeah. I mean, you you guys, you have to have completely handed it over by the time they leave the house. Like, you can't still have everything locked up on their phone. Like, you, like you can't. You Because, again, it goes back to you have everything locked up on their phone. They have no access to any of the socials, you know. And, and then at 18, 
they're like, great, I'm done. I'm out. Like now I have access to everything. And you now have literally just handed everything to them. And they don't like, it's going to be overwhelming. They're going to fail and make mistakes with it. They're going to screw things up. And now the stakes are higher because they're a little bit older. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just haven't learned how to manage their time with it. They haven't learned how to manage what it means and how to interact um, and all of those things. And that's, I, I don't know, this is one thing for me that we have, as the kids have gotten older, so I can use a current example. Um, we, so Tyler was lucky for him, unlucky for him, he would say. He was of the age that screen time for the iPhone came out recently. I don't remember how long it's been out now, how many years it's been around, but. A couple of years probably. Yeah. We didn't have that with the girls. Screen time was not a thing. We didn't have any access over their phones, right? Like we could say, you can't have this, you can't have that, but we couldn't do anything to physically lock their phones down. Um, With him, we could, and we did. We took advantage of it. It was amazing and great for us. He hated it, Um, thought it was the stupidest thing ever and was annoyed because his sisters didn't have to do it, but he did. Um, And so we did, you know, we had times put on there. We had at certain times, no more social media. All social media was locked down. I had time limits on his social media on there. And it was all for good reason. And um, I would do it a hundred times over again. I'm not saying that I disagree with it at all, but he's 17, he's gonna be 17 in a month and he's a junior in high school. And uh, we need to start handing that back over to him. And so I literally today had a conversation with him after Daryl and I talked and I said, okay, buddy, here you go. Like, we're not doing screen time anymore with you. We're handing it over because by in the next two years, everything needs to be handed over to you. We need to not be looking at text. We need to not be looking at your social media anymore. We need to be completely hands off. So this is our first step, but here's the parameters. Here's the things we're gonna put around you to say, if we see these things not going the way we need them to go, then we're gonna have a conversation and we're gonna probably lock things back up a little bit to help guide and to help direct, right? We're going to let you see how how you handle this, but we're going to keep an eye on it. We're not going to just turn it over and be like, good luck. We're going to keep an eye on it for a while. Um, and so we, I, I gave him those things. You know, our two things were with him right now are he struggles to get himself up in the morning. Uh, he just does. He can have an alarm going off right next to that kid's head and he still sleeps through it. <laughs> so we're like, you have to be, you have to be moving towards getting yourself up in the morning. Um, by next year, we will not be waking you up. You will be on your own. And I know some kids by now are like, I have other friends who will be like, oh, my kids have been waking themselves up for years. That's awesome and amazing. That's just not how Tyler has been. But we know by by the end of this year, we will not be doing that anymore. No matter what the consequences are, doesn't matter. I told them, I'm like, that will mean like you don't get up and go to school and you have detention. I'm not calling you out of school. Like that's on you. So that and your grades have to stay at a certain level. We have to see that you are working. We have to see that you're putting in the effort. And if that is not the case, then we're putting screen time back on your phone. But the other thing I said to him was like, if you know you need it, like if there's a way we can help you and you start to realize you're struggling and you want us to add certain things back in, have that conversation. Or here's how you do it. Here's how you can add, put those things on yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so like you can't keep that stuff locked up forever. You, I know it's, it feels so much safer and you feel like you're in control. And, but what if, what if they screwed up and what if they make a huge mistake and what if they go to that one website and what if, and what, like, are you going to live your lives and what if, or are you going to trust them and hand it over little by little? And when they screw it up, it's a beautiful time to have a conversation and to teach them a lesson and to show them again and to help them 
like learn to earn your trust back again. But you guys, they're going to screw it up. Like it's not going to be perfect and they're going to make mistakes. Well, what if they make a comment? What if somebody else comments? You don't have control over that stuff. Like they can delete a comment if they need to delete a comment, right? Like, um, but you have to be teaching them along the way because man, I would be so scared to just turn it over to my kids at 18 and have not given them any of those tools. Like I want to give them all the tools. And again, we didn't like, we're all learning this as we go because we didn't have parents. Our parents didn't deal with this at, at our age, right? Right. Like one of the, I think we said this in an earlier episode, like our parents were never, or we were never our kids age in this age. Like they're living in a completely different world than we grew up mm. in. Um, so we have to be able to move and mold with them. And social media is one, it is, it is here to stay. You guys, it's not going anywhere. And you can think in your head that, well, if I just hold off forever, then they're going to deep dive into it when they leave the house and they're going to be head over heels into it because it's going to be like, it's like if all you've ever wanted in your life is ice cream and your parents have always said, nope, nope, you're never having ice cream. You're never having ice cream. And the minute you leave the house, what is the first thing you're going to do? I'm going to go have ice cream because I've been, that's all I've ever wanted in my life. And I'm going to like, I'm I'm going to eat eat so much of it. Yeah. Every day for every meal. Yeah. I'm going to make myself sick doing it because it's, I've been waiting so long for it. Right. Like, it's doing it in moderation and teaching them how to do that. So sorry, I just went off on a tangent, but like, I don't know, passionate no, about I think that. It's, I think it's good what you said too about allowing them to make small mistakes. Yeah. Because what if what if they made 10 small mistakes before they left home and that kept them from making a major mistake when they left right. versus us having the, the control that we think that we need to have mm-hmm. all the way up until they leave the house, no mistakes, so good. And then they leave home. And they find themselves in a huge, huge problem yep. because they didn't ever get those small mistakes along the way. Yep. So, yep. all right. So that's technology. And then the last thing we have on the list is money. So, um, you know, money, people look at money differently depending on kind of what your worldview is and that sort of thing. So as, as Christians, obviously we view money as things are are basically a gift that we get from God, right? God allows us to have talents and have um, opportunities and jobs and all of those kinds of things to make money. And so it's kind of this whole concept that everything that we own is God's. We're just stewards of the money and the things that God blessed us with. And so along with that comes like this whole concept of giving back. And it can be giving back to the church through you know, donations to the church, or it could be giving back to your community, you know, giving back to nonprofit organizations, but basically this whole concept of being generous and giving back. So, so that's something that, you know, I think is a really important thing that you instill in your kids along with just the basics, right? Like understanding what it means to have a savings account, a checking account, health insurance, auto insurance, all, all of the things that we kind of talked about under, under the car section, even right. Like, car insurance and what it's for and um, helping them understand what retirement is and, and 401k plans and Roth RAs, all those, all those things that I don't ever remember my parents talking to me about, mm-hmm. but um, if you can at least, you know, kind of give them the, the once over the umbrella speech about money and finances and, and all of the things that play into that, I think it's super helpful. Um And then just understanding the way the world works, you know, this kind of fits in with the whole technology piece too, but it is so easy to misuse money and to lose money and to just have it go out the window these days. I mean, just, just the, the, the new 
concept is the monthly subscription. That's literally everyone and their mother is trying to create a monthly subscription that they can get people to sign up for. Um, you know, things like Netflix and Hulu kind of started that whole process, but now it's it's everywhere. And before you know it, you're paying $5.99 a month, $4.99 a month for 50 different things. And you wonder why, you know, it's it's getting tight, right? The money, we just don't have enough money. And so just having those kind of conversations with the kids and, and letting them know this is the way the world works and you just have to be aware of it um, to help you in the future. So, so that's money. Um, you know, we kind of talked about a variety of topics. Um, are there some things that you think we did a really good job at or things where you think we kind of missed the mark? Yeah, I, if I was saying, I would say, I think we've done a pretty good job in the emotional and life goals area. Um, and probably the spirituality, I think we could have done for sure done more there. Um, yeah. But the technology, I feel like we've done a pretty good job with that too. So a basic living and self-sufficiency, there's definitely things we missed in that area. I mean, like Tyler, some of it might be like, female versus male. Like Tyler completely knows how to change a tire. And Allie the other day was like, I have no idea how to change a tire. Like, I don't know what, and I was like, well, call AAA. We have AAA. So start there. But Tyler was like, are you kidding me? I'll teach you how to change a tire. Like, so some of those areas we did not do great at and money, we definitely could have done better. There's definitely areas that we've missed the mark with them and things that have happened that like, you know, the, the first time, like one of our kids bought something from China and I'm like, what? Why did you do that? Like, we don't like, no, we're not going to buy things from China. Like, you know, um, but they did it and we had never really talked to them about it. And then it was having the conversation after it had already happened, you know, um, getting scammed in certain areas, you know, well, but this looked really real, but is it, did you see if, is it a trusted website? Does it have any reviews? Does it, you know, that type of stuff. So that's definitely an area that, we kind of, they definitely learned, we didn't teach in advance. They just kind of learned as they went. So what about, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree. I think we could have spent more time on the the spiritual side. I think we, we got lazy at times and just assumed that, oh, we're taking them to church. So they're learning spirituality. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think, I think in terms of like the, the, just the more general spiritual things like the golden rule and treating each other with mm-hmm. respect, I think we did a good job. At, at that kind of a thing, um, just probably with both of us being in the the mental health field and the social justice field, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of comes naturally, I think, to have those conversations. But, and then definitely, yeah, money is the, and it's hard for me. I mean, you know, because I, I don't feel like I have a great understanding and, and a really solid foundation when it comes to finances. And so it's hard to pass on something that you're still trying to like teach yourself mm-hmm. and and live, live by as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for sure, none of us are perfect for sure. All right. Number three, they launch, you stay. So this might sound like a very obvious statement, but ask any parent dealing with their first child leaving home and ask them if it's really that simple. The truth is we need to prep for launch and then we need to let them launch. They leave home. We stay behind and we don't get to go with them. Mm-hmm. So um, this is kind of where we'll pick up next week when we talk about having adult children and and what life looks like after kids have left and you have the, the whole emptiness thing happening and all that. 
But until then, um, let's talk for a few minutes about that. So what was it like with the first? Yeah. So I would go back and even say, you're right. They leave home, we stay behind. And this, I'm going to go back to our very first episode where we talked about how important marriage is. And this is why marriage is so important. I mean, it's so important because they need to, the kids need to see a good marriage and that's what right makes your family. But this is where it comes back in again is they're going to leave the house someday and it's going to be back to you and your spouse. And it's going to have been at least 18 years. If you have multiple kids, it could be 25, 30 years since it's just been you and your spouse. But when you get back to this point, do you still like your spouse? Do you still know anything about your spouse? Do you still want to spend time with your spouse? Do you still have things that interest you that you want to do together? Or do you even know who you are anymore? Like, have you completely grown apart from each other because you've been so focused on your kids, right? So um, it just that, so yeah, you're not going with. <laughs> and you're actually going to be back with the person that you started all of this with. So just take some time, I think, to think about that. But um, yeah, you're right. It's not... It's definitely easy to say, yep, they leave home. We get to stay behind. We don't go with them, but it's much harder. Uh, it's much harder than that. So Allie left. Uh, she's now a junior in college. And um, that definitely was an interesting, an interesting time, an interesting situation, kind of launching our first one. I think we might have told this story before in another episode, but I definitely struggled first semester senior year with her. Um, and I think I flipped out to be honest and had this like, Oh my gosh, I haven't taught her everything. And I don't think she's going to make it. And, uh, what, like I, I need to go, like, I started to control again. I started mm -hmm. to like ramp things back up and like, like just become super controlling. And it pushed us, like, it, we just kind of started going at each other. And, um, it took some conversations with you and some conversations with friends to be like, yo, this is going to, this isn't working and you have taught her what she needs to know. And if you haven't, it's too late now anyways. So have fun with her, like enjoy senior year because you're going to blink and she's going to be leaving for college and you're going to look back and be like, what did I waste all that time for? Um, so yeah, it was definitely like it changed. And it ch the first one leaving changes your family dynamic. Like it just does, you know, um, yeah. it, you've had this family dynamic for 18 years, at least at this point, And it changes in a blink of an eye. It's different. Even if you still have kids at home, it's having a kid not sitting in their dinner spot at dinner. It changes the dynamic of the family. Um, and so I definitely, you know, people, I have friends that will say to me like, you just do so well with this. You do so great. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's because you don't see me cry on the way home or see me, you know, be crabby for three days. Like Daryl gets to, gets to witness all of that. Um, but it's definitely hard. Like it's sad. And it's like, you, like, I don't know that dads do this, but like, as a mom, you start to question who you are. Like, cause I think so often our worth can be, can be all wrapped up in our kids, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, for those of us who love being moms, even if you don't love being a mom, like I think sometimes our worth gets wrapped up in it. And so then they leave and you're like, wait, but who am I again? Um, and this was what I was so focused on. And now I can, I, I know it's coming to an end and that gets scary and it gets hard. And so I think that happened with her, you know, that first one, like those first few weeks were rough and she is one of ours that doesn't, she kind of left the nest and was like, 
Uh, you're not going to talk to me every day. I'm not going to text you every day. Like we can talk once a week. Like that's, I mean, she just flat out said that to us. Like, so I was like, what, what do you mean? And she kept to that. Like, I mean, every great now and then you'd get a little more out of her, but she's just not a, she's not one of those that communicates all the time with you. So she's just not. Um, so she left and was gone for, Almost a full year. Seven months, eight months. <laughs> yep. Until March of 2020. And then what happened, hun? Yeah, and then she got to come home. Yeah. And how was that? Yeah. So it was just weird. I mean, you just you just walk through the whole process of launching a child and, and you're just kind of coming to grips with it. You're just kind of yeah. getting to that place where you're like, okay, it worked. Like she seems to be making it. It's mm-hmm. great. And then boom, back at home. And it's of COVID. just- yeah, because of COVID. And it's just weird. It's not like it's, uh, you know, I think it's it's different than if, let's say she had have gone all the way through four years of college mm-hmm. and then like things were just kind of a little uncertain. So she was like, hey, can I move back home for six months or so while I work on this job application thing? You know, right. that's one situation. Yeah. But this was like, it's just wrong. Like you're not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be out living your life, kind of moving on, doing your thing. And I mean, while we were glad to have her back, I mean, it's great, right? Yep. It's like almost like, oh, we got the second chance. Yep. But at the same time, it was like, it was sad. It was sad. We were sad for her, mm-hmm. you know, that she had to to go through that. So. And it's the whole, like, she kind of said this and it kind of hit me, you know, they come back and they've had all of this time now of realizing what it's like, like to not live at home, right? So they have all this freedom. They don't tell anybody where they're going, when they're going, when they'll be back. They just live their life. And you as right. a parent just spend a lot of time hoping and praying that things are okay. Um, and then she comes back into the house and we didn't, like, we didn't put rules back on her. We didn't put expectations back on her. She didn't have a curfew when she came home. Like, it was COVID. Nobody was going anywhere anyway. So it didn't matter. Like we were all in the house together, you know, but, um, so we, I felt like we did a really good job with that of like, we're not like, we're not going back to how it was when you were 17. Like we understand you've been living your life and we're going to kind of continue to let that still happen. But for her and she, and you guys, she was home for almost a year and a half. Like the school she went to didn't go back, um, last year. So she came home in March of 2020 and she just left again um, to go back to school finally in August of 2021. So um, she was home for a long time. And she's like, you know, being home for a summer, like, you know, you go to college and you come home for the summer and kids will talk about like how that's rough. Like it feels weird to be home and you're back under your parents' roof and you feel like you, you know, you have to follow these rules and these guidelines again, but you know, it's very short lived. Like Mm -hmm. I just got to get through a couple of months and it's fun and you're doing vacations and everybody's off of school and, you know, it's just this different vibe. But when you're home for 18 months and you know that this isn't what you wanted, not what you signed up for, not what you wanted in life, and you're having to live, it just starts to get awkward. And it starts to, we felt it, she felt it. You know, she's like, I just, I don't want to be here. I love you all. But like, (laughs) why do you ask me where I'm going? You know, like, why do you, I I don't, I never, you didn't ask me that before when I was in college, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would always tell her, like, it's not because I care. I'm just curious. Like when your dad leaves, I ask where he's going. Like it's, I don't go do what you want to do. I don't care, but I just want to be, I want to know what's going on in your day, you know? So yeah, that was definitely, uh, definitely weird. So, and then in the middle of COVID, we had our second one launch. So we launched Rachel all the way to New York. And that was, uh, that was something for sure. So I think if we would have, 
if we would have thought how their lives would have turned out, we would have assumed Allie would have been across the country and Rachel would have been at school an closer hour to home. closer yeah. to home. But it actually ended up being the exact opposite. And um, Rach, she did great. She, you know, went to school in the middle of COVID and we all got to move her to New York. But it, it, it happened again. Like, you know, it's another kid leaving the house, um, the vibe changes in the house, the dynamic changes again. Rachel is more of a homebody. She was home a lot, especially during COVID. Um, and so you're missing that personality. You're missing that person that's just here, that's having conversation with you, that I always would joke that she was like my ice cream buddy. So I'd be like, hey, you want to go get ice cream? And she never said no. So um, it just, again, everything changes. The dynamic changes again, you know, Um so that happened and then she came back for the summer and now we've got both leaving this year. So this was supposed to happen last year. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to have both of our girls out of the house and it got delayed. Um, and now Alia has already gone. We've launched her for the second time and Rachel goes in two weeks. Uh, so wow, it's going to be, what do you think? What do you, what do you think of that when you think about having two gone, one left? Yeah. It is. I mean, it's weird to think that it was supposed to have already happened, you know, and and yet we we got that extra year basically, mm -hmm. you know, to spend more time with them. So that was cool. But at the same time, obviously, it it was sad for them. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it'll be glad. It'll be good to see them go and and launch and start down their road to their careers and all that. Um, mm -hmm. But it will be strange, you know, two parents with one one kid living left in the home mm -hmm. who's going to get all the attention. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think he is looking forward to that. It's no, it's so funny. We'll have people say to us like, oh, I bet Tyler is so excited. I bet he's so excited to be the only kid at home. And I was like, uh, actually, that would be the exact opposite of how he's feeling. So he is not looking forward to having his sisters gone. Um, yeah. And again, like, that goes back to like us, like one of our goals was that they would mm -hmm. love each other and want to spend time with each other. So that's it's cool that that he's feeling that, that, you know, he's like mm -hmm. sad that they're gone because he wants to be around them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So it'll be different. This will be the first time in, um, let's see, Ali's going to be 21. So the first time in 21 years that I will be outnumbered, um, in our house. So I was just telling, we were telling some friends yesterday, like, wow, it will be me and two boys. That hasn't been the case before. So, um, yeah. And Tyler is, I mean, the reality is Tyler has gone a lot. He, this summer, worked two jobs. He's playing football. Um, he plays three sports during the school year, and he has school. And so, I mean, we really have all sorts of time to ourselves. I mean, even though he's still living in the house, like, we have most weekends. It's like, it's you and I. Like, yeah. you know, we didn't plan it, but it's just <laughs> you and I. Uh, so it kind of has already, the empty nest thing has kind of already started to feel like it's happening. But um yeah. Yeah, it's what it's what you want. It's what you plan for. It's the goal. You want them to launch or it's like you want them to move out and start their own lives and know how to do that. But it definitely But it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. Yeah, it's absolutely bittersweet and it makes you rethink all sorts of things. And <laughs> I, I mean if I'm being like just a really quick minute of transparency here again at the end, like if I'm being honest, like, you know, cuz again, we don't we it, it's not perfect for all of us, but I mean, we've had, conver I've had conversations with you about, do we still like each other? Like, what are we going to do? Like, I, are we, I'm not going to just sit around and watch TV all, all the time. Like, you know, and sometimes Daryl's had to like walk me back off the ledge and be like, um, here are all of the things that we like to do together and we do together. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Like, 
But your brain just starts to go there. Like it just happens. I don't know. Um, but it, it's definitely like those things that you just have to, you have to step back out of it, I think again, and like rekindle those things with your spouse and remember this was the goal. This is what you want for them. You don't want them living with you forever. So yeah. So true. true. And with that, I'm going to let you land the plane. You're going to let me land the plane? Yes, land the plane. Wow, land the plane. Okay. So here's the things this week we want you to try. So see how you do. Let us know how it went for you. So number one, look back over this section on laying a solid foundation. What can you do this week to reinforce some fun foundational things with your kids? Number two, where are you at on teaching your kids the basics based on their ages and stages of life? Are there things you can start teaching them this week that you haven't done before? Or are there some things you could have them start doing? What are the things that you can hand over to them that you can give them? Um, and number three, if you have kids launching soon or if you have kids that have already launched, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Where are you at with your spouse? Um, and what can you do this week to be a good coach as they spread their wings? So thanks for joining us again this week. Next week, we're going to talk about life after launch, what it looks like to enjoy, enjoy adult children. We're looking forward to that discussion and to having you back with us. So until then, have a great week. Keep on prepping. And as always, keep transcending human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.